the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Can you believe it? We are already into the second week of February. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Fake made-up holiday, of course. But uh, we're going to kick it off. A little Xavier Cougat. You know who Xavier Cougat is? Now, you might have heard him in the movie Swingers. That song was in the movie Swingers uh, back in the uh, mid to late 90s. But Xavier Cougat... Um, a Spanish musician, band leader. He spent his formative years in Havana, Cuba, um, but was a leading figure in the spread of Latin music. And in New York City, he was the leader of the resident orchestra at the Waldorf Astoria before and after World War II. He was also a cartoonist and a restaurateur. He's also known as the husband of Charo. You believe that? He married her in 1966. They divorced in 1978. He was married... Two, three, four, five times Charo being the last time he got married back in 1978. Uh, he died in 1990 at the age of 90. He was born, get this, he was born New Year's Day in the year 1900. This cat was cool, swinging, you know, good stuff. So we're going to feature Xavier Cougat music uh, throughout the show, specifically his uh, Coogie's, uh, uh Cocktails from 1963. That was uh, One Mint Julep, the uh, Cha-Cha Twist. Uh, we'll hear uh, Cuba Libre a little bit later on. Uh, and, you know, we'll mix uh, one or two more songs in there uh, as we go along. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Ann Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, is going to join me to talk about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week, which takes place on Saturday, February 24th. Uh, going to be a great event in Industry City. One session. Tickets are on sale now, nycbrew.com. It's an event I've been going to for quite some time now. Um, in fact, I think I've been going since before the beer show even started. By the way, we are now into year eight of the beer show, right? We started in 2016. Uh, it is actually year nine. So we finished eight years of this program. Right now starts year number nine. Can you believe that this beer show has been on for nine years, I think it's one of the longest-running um, craft beer shows on the radio. Certainly not in podcasting land, but in radio, I believe that this is the longest-running uh, beer radio show. If I'm wrong, correct me. But nine years is a pretty good run. Uh, we started out on Saturday nights. We moved to Sundays uh, very late, and uh, I, for one, could not be happier for it. Thank you, AM nine seventy. The answer. Thank you, Salem Media. 
uh, for allowing this program to continue. It's um, it's been a blast. Um, it's funny. I started the show, and then within uh, what was it, eight months, nine months, I got cancer. Uh, didn't know if I was going to continue doing the show. We figured it out, and uh, we're we're thriving. Uh, you know, even today, which is awesome. So um, it's a good thing. So thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Uh, thank you for spreading the word. And uh, I hope that uh, when people listen to this, it's fun. I hope you have a good time with it. That's the whole point of it. Uh, let's dive into news and notes, shall we? Firestone Walker announcing uh, about a week or so ago the lineup for the 2024 Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Fest. That takes place on June 1st. It features an all-star cast of more than 60 breweries from around the world. Tickets are on sale starting at 10 a.m., uh, Pacific Standard Time on February 13th via FirestoneWalker.com. In the run-up to the event, Firestone Walker will also release a 2024 Fest beer made in collaboration with Half Acre Company of Chicago, Illinois. Um, they will be joining uh, first-time participants to this event. Breakside from Portland, Oregon, great brewery. Ghost Town from Oakland, California. Mountain Culture from Australia. Other notable draws, uh, Omnipolo, Oxbow from uh, Newcastle, Maine. Uh, Lurvig from Norway, Frau Gruber uh, from Germany, Garage Project from New Zealand. So this is an international flavor of, of beers, which is awesome. Complete list of the breweries attending the 2024 Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Fest can be va- uh, can be viewed on the event page. Uh, this has been going on since 2012. Uh, this has become the one of the world's most esteemed beer festivals. This year's edition will once again include live music and food from more than 20 local restaurants and purveyors. Proceeds from the fest benefit Paso Robles Pioneer Day, a beloved local nonprofit. Again, tickets go on sale for this on February 13th. Um, it will take place on June 1st. Um, this is something I would love to go to this one year. I think last year I didn't. I, I didn't go because... Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest was happening. I don't know if I'd be able to get out there this year, uh, but certainly this is something. And I know tickets sell out in like minutes, and it's definitely something I'd like to do because they basically close off Paso Robles, like the city block, and you walk down and you're drinking beer and you're eating great food, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So um, a classy event, let's put it that way. All right. Let's move on. Uh, New Belgium uh, Brewing has shuttered its San Francisco tap room. This was about a week or so ago after nearly three years in business. In a press release, they said, San Francisco tap room and restaurant has suffered financially in recent years. And after careful consideration, we've decided to focus and invest in our other hospitality operations. This is not a surprise. The city of San Francisco has been under siege since the pandemic. Um, It is uh, honestly, it's incredibly expensive. Um, to operate a business in San Francisco, much like it is in New York City. But in San Francisco, the lawlessness seems to be even worse there. Um, It is not a great place to go and visit anymore. Um, And I am not surprised uh, that New Belgium has decided to shut this tap room. Uh, We're seeing this all over San Francisco. We're seeing this in a lot of places. People can't do make business and they and they close. In fact, in and out Burger is was closing is closing a place in Oakland, California, because can't keep its employees safe. Think about that. In-N-Out Burger. It's a hamburger joint. Most of it is takeout. You can't keep your people safe? It's that bad in in San Francisco and in Oakland? That's not good, folks. That's not good. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Bold Rock, the number one regional cider brand, excited to launch a new seasonal flavor, joining their best-selling cider assortment in the country. Uh, The Dark Pink Hue Fruit Forward Strawberry Lime Hard Cider replaces Prosecco Cider. Uh, just in time for Valentine's Day, 4.7% ABV strawberry lime, perfectly balanced blend of crisp apples from the Blue Ridge Mountains and fresh strawberries with a zesty punch of lime. 
Uh, it is now available exclusively at Bold Rock, Virginia's, and North Carolina's Bold Rock's tap, tap rooms. It starts shipping uh, now and will be available in six-pack and 12-ounce bottles and on draft in select locations. Of course, you can find all the uh, locations that carry it at Bold Rock. Uh, I, I guess it's boldrock.com slash finder because they had a dot at the end but nothing else. So I'm assuming it's boldrock.com. Uh, uh, North Coast Brewing has announced the release of its first ever 19.2 beer beer cans. Uh, so Scrimshaw and Old Rasputin, now available in 19.2 ounce cans. It'll also continue to offer these beers on draft and in bottles at various locations. Uh, the Scrimshaw and Old Rasputin are the North Coast Brewery's best-selling beers. Uh, friends come from all over the world to the coastal town of Fort Bragg, California, to try them on tap at the pub at North Coast Brewing Company. Uh, have been brewed and distributed as North Coast Brewing's core beer brands for years, Scrimshaw and Old Rasputin. Scrimshaw since 1988, Old Rasputin since 1995. Uh, they will soon be available across 47 U.S. states as well as internationally. The new cans, though, are available now in California and Oregon. Uh, it, uh, Scrimshaw is a 4.5% ABV, 22 IBUs. Old Rasputin clocks in at 9% uh, ABV with a 75 uh, IBU rating. So again, those two beers, Scrimshaw, Old Rasputin, in 19.2-ounce cans, which is a great thing. And then finally, back on February 2nd, the launch of Hero 95, a crisp, low-calorie lager, high-end, low-calorie, low-carb beer brewed for active lifestyles, has rolled out in the Boston area. The new beer is only 95 calories, 3.6 grams of carbs, developed by beer industry veterans, formerly of the Boston Beer Company, brewers of Samuel Adams, of course. Uh, that Hero 95, a deep commitment to giving back by supporting causes and charities chosen by drinkers. Uh, they have a collective 65-plus years in the industry. Expert team includes founder Todd Simon, former brand strategist for the Boston Beer Company, head brewer David Sipes, former brewer at Samuel Adams, and cider maker and uh, as well as cider maker at Angry Orchard Hard Cider. And Rich Doyle, former co-founder of Harpoon Brewery, is also involved as an advising partner. DrinkHero95.com for more details uh, on how you can nominate an inspirational runner. They are kicking off their support of people running in the 2024 Boston Marathon, which, of course, takes place in April, and offer a boost to help them reach or surpass their fundraising goals to get to the finish line. Uh, this took, The beer took a few years to formulate. Um, the final recipe, high-quality ingredients, including noble hop varieties, two-row pale malt, touch of Munich malt, the result is a well-balanced, refreshing, crisp, light lager with a subtle hop character. 10 IBUs, 4% ABV. Very approachable type of beer here. Uh, it is their flagship beer, the first in a portfolio of styles to be released, which will all fit into a better-for-you lifestyle. Their uh, six-pack of 12-ounce cans, a suggested retail price of between $10.99 and $12.99. It's rolling out in the greater Boston area over the next few weeks with uh, distributor Horizon Beverage. Again, if you want to find out a list of the locations that will carry Hero 95, go to drinkhero95.com. Kudos to them. Let's get them on the program and, and uh, find out what the deal is there and why they decided to branch off on their own. Be, I'm sure it would be an interesting story uh, to get into. And when we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We'll be right back. 
Oh, it'd be great to have a cocktail right now, listening to this. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Little uh, Xavier Cougat. Why not? Why not? Guy was married to Charo. Remember Charo? Are you old enough to remember Charo? Sure you are. I mean, most people remember Charo, the love boat, all these game shows and stuff. She was uh, coochie, coochie, coo. Oh, <laughs> Charo. It's amazing how these idiotic memories pop into your head when you're recording these things very early in the morning. All right, coming up in 10 minutes, Ann Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, is going to join me on the program, talk about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week. That's right. It is back. San Francisco Beer Week is going on right now, but New York City Beer Week uh, takes place at the end of this month. It starts off on Saturday, February 24th uh, over at Industry City. Uh, It's one session. Tickets are on sale now, nycbrew.com, for more information. I cannot wait uh, because it is going to be a ton, ton of fun. And Oh, by the way, um, Bruzology happened at Jersey City. Uh, last night at the Liberty Science Center. I'll have a review on next week's program. Um, but, uh, you know, that is another great event as well. Uh, it's in its second year, and uh, just very impressed at how they take over the Liberty Science Center. It's four floors. You get to walk around and see all the exhibits. It's really cool. Um, and I'll talk more about the beers and stuff that I had there uh, on next week's program. We'll do a full review on that. But if you want to check out some of the best New York City breweries, uh, in, in, you know, all over the city, they're all going to be there, including breweries from upstate as well as across the country, New Jersey, all over. You come to this event on uh, Saturday, February 24th. It's always a blast. I've been going now. God, it's got to be uh, six, seven years now that I've been going to this event. It is fantastic. Always have a great time. Um, they just, they really, really uh, do it right. And Industry City is a great place uh, the second year in a row that they're having it there, and it's just a lot of fun. All right, let's dive into news and notes. Um, Team Player Productions have announced their um, a bunch of events for 2024 that focus on food, beverage, and experience. We'll we'll jump into a few of these here. Coming up on, uh, and, and actually for all information on all this stuff, tppevents.com is the website for more information. The Boulder Creek Festival is going to be taking place May the 24th through the 27th. That's Memorial Day weekend. That's brought to you by the City of Boulder and Team Player Productions. It is the 35th annual Boulder Creek Festival. It's the unofficial kickoff to summer in Boulder. It's a free festival, features three days of festivities, including 30-plus bands and performances, food and beverages ranging from food trucks to healthy vegetarian eats, curated marketplace showcasing 200-plus local makers, uh, a Creekside Beer Festival showcasing uh, uh, Colorado breweries. There's a kids' area. There's a lot of stuff there uh, to do. That takes place May the 24th to 27th. The Vail Craft Beer Classic takes place June the 14th and 15th. More than 50 Colorado breweries coming together in Vail for the 8th Annual Vail Craft Beer Classic, pouring out their top craft beers, seltzers, and ciders. All-inclusive tickets allow you to sip on your choice of brews while taking in the scenic views of Vail, enjoying live music, and, of course, meeting the brewers, which is great. Um, August 1st, they have the Denver Burger Battle. It's a food-focused event with one simple goal, obviously, to determine the best burger in Colorado. More than 20 Colorado restaurants Throw down their champion burger, some even off-menu. That takes place again Thursday, August the 1st at Arroyo Arroyo Campus, I believe. I believe it's Arroyo Campus and benefits local, 
nonprofit partners. The Vale Wine Classic is August 8th through the 10th. Uh, Breckenridge Wine Classic is August 22nd through the 24th. And then the Park City Wine Festival is October 3rd through the 5th. So a lot of cool things to do um, in Colorado. Brought to you by Team Player Productions. Again, tppevents.com for more information on all of these things throughout the year. Our friends from Alesmith... They have introduced a new Lagersmith series, and it's a series that features their favorite styles of lagers. The first release of the series, a Japanese rice lager. It finishes, uh, it's uh, 5.1% ABV. It's uh, six packs of uh, 12-ounce cans, and um, it is, they say, it's uh, the perfect companion for any dish, whether it's rich, savory, spicy, or simple. So this is a light lager uh, a lot of a lot of uh, breweries are doing these rice lagers lately, and they're fantastic. They're really they're crisp, they're clean, uh, they're really delicious, easy to drink. Uh, this to me is really a great summertime type of beer. Warm weather, you don't want something too heavy. And I find that when I'm uh, tailgating at a concert, uh, and there's plenty that coming up this summer at PNC. Finally, last year was a dismal year for PNC concerts, in my opinion. Um, but when you are sitting in a parking lot and it's a warm day, the last thing you want is an 8% you know, uh, hazy IPA that's very heavy on you um, or a milkshake IPA. You don't want those things in the warm weather because you just – I, for me, I get bloated. Uh, at least a rice lager, it's lighter. You can have maybe a couple more. You know, and again, change your pace, drink some water in, in between, maybe throw in a non-alcoholic beer if you want. Um but definitely uh, easier to drink, and this is definitely like that summertime uh, type of brew. So uh, check that out from Al Smith in their new lager series, Japanese rice lager. Again, uh, 12-ounce, six-packs available right now. Hey, Mana Hopkin, great event. I've been judging it the last couple of years. It is fantastic. We have a great time in Mana Hopkin um, or at Mana Hopkin. Uh, it's right in the center of town, uh, very easy to get to. Garden State Parkway to exit 63, get off. Uh, it's about a less than a six, seven minute ride down the road. It's Saturday, August 3rd, local beers, food trucks, live music all day. Bring your family, friends, and lawn chairs. A fun summer day at the lake. 100% of the proceeds benefit the Stafford Township PBA Holiday Toy Drive. It's a great event supporting a great cause. It's two tasting sessions. Session one is from noon to four. Session two is from five to nine. Attendance is limited to one session only. You have to be 21 or older to participate in the beer tasting, obviously. General admission without the beer tasting is free, so you can walk around. You don't have to get involved in the beer tasting thing. Uh, Manahopkin.com for information. Tickets right now until March 15th are only $30. 30 bucks, four hours. You get to try as many beers as you want. Uh, That's pretty cool. Again, two sessions, noon to four or five to nine. Manahopkin.com for more information on that, I uh, hope to see you there. It is a fantastic event. The beer run is back, and it's two days now, uh, April 20th and 21st. Uh, after back-to-back sold-out events, the folks at Beer Run decided rather than increase capacity and risk overcrowding, they added a second day cap attendance for each one so we can deliver the same great experience across two days. Early bird tickets for each day on sale now for a limited time only. Uh, grab your running buddies and your drinking buddies. They'll see you in April. Your ticket includes race registration in one of two days, 12 five-ounce pours from 16 New Jersey breweries, a tasting glass and access to the festival. And, of course, if running isn't your thing, you can grab a beer fest-only ticket. You meet your crew at the finish line instead. Designated driver tickets are available for those who don't want to indulge and get their friends home safely. Uh, the race starts at noon. Check-in is at 10 a.m. The festival ends at 4 
It's at the historic village at Allaire, 4263 Atlantic Avenue in Wall Township. No kids. You have to be 21 or older. Uh, Beautiful historic village at Allaire State Park. And again, it is 12 five-ounce pours from 16 New Jersey breweries, April 20th and 21st. So you do the run, and you can drink some beer afterwards. Pretty cool event. Uh, Big Brew coming up Saturday, March 2nd at the Morristown Armory, Session 1, noon to 4, music by Naughty Humphrey. Session 2, 5.30 to 9.30, the music is by Mr. Lovejoy. 150 styles of craft beer, great music and food. BigBrewNJ.com slash Morristown. If you use the code BEMINE, all one word, BEMINE, before midnight, February 17th, you get 15 bucks off of general admission. Great event. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's a, a benefit for the Morris Rugby Corporation. Uh, my friend Allison does a great job uh, with this event every year. I will certainly be there uh, having some fun, probably going to the early session, but uh, cannot wait. BigBrewNJ.com slash Morristown. Uh, Dogfish Head, uh, just in time for Valentine's Day, they have done a version of Other Half's, uh, one of Other Half's beers, celebra- uh, Other Half celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's a double mosaic daydream about blueberry cannabis. It's an 8.5% ABV. Uh, it is. Uh, it will be out on Wednesday, February 14th at the brewery's Rehoboth Beach locations. Other Half launched their own version of Dogfish Head's 60-minute IPA, currently available at its tap rooms nationwide. Four packs of this to go at Dogfish Head's off-centered Emporium, priced at $20 Per four pack, dogfish.com for more information on that. Otherhalfbrewing.com for more information on the 60 minute IPA, uh, other half's version of 60 minute IPA. And then finally, someone posted about a week or so ago on a Facebook page that some bars and restaurants in New Jersey no longer carrying New Jersey breweries because of the new law that was signed by the governor a few weeks ago. Now, I don't have a list of places. I'd love it if someone posted a list of places that weren't serving New Jersey beer so that we could boycott them. I suspect it's places like Applebee's and big chain restaurants. I could be wrong, but I'll bet I'm not. But this is short-sighted in the extreme. Are you really going to a chain restaurant for craft beer? No, you're going in for a quick bite to eat. But why would you cut your nose to spite your face? Why would you not want to have your local craft beer at your place? You'd draw in more customers that way, and you'd make money, right? What what is it that these bigger chain restaurants don't seem to understand? Craft breweries are not competing with big chain restaurants. All they want to do is have the ability to serve food and host events. That's it. You're not going to an Applebee's to see some guy play guitar because they don't have them. I mean, this is nonsense. They can't sell mixed drinks breweries. They can't sell, they can only sell beer and hard seltzer that they make. It's nonsensical. They can't offer food unless it's from a food truck or small prepackaged foods like chips and snacks. Can they put in as many TVs as they want? Yeah, sure. But are you really going to a brewery to watch a, watch a football game? No. Stop it. I've seen firsthand time and time again when breweries and restaurants work together, it can be a wonderful experience. I've also seen the flip side of it too. But why wouldn't you want to work hand in hand with some of these places? Why the jealousy? Because you paid gobs of money for your license and the brewery didn't, you're not on equal footing to begin with. You're not. Breweries can only make beer. They can't do anything else. Save your anger for someone else. I'm tired of this narrative. You don't want to serve Jersey beer in places? You know what? If I were you, if I go walk into a place and they don't have New Jersey beer and I was looking for a New Jersey beer, I'm out the door. Thanks, but no thanks. And if you have a problem with it and you're posting it places or you're angry with it, too bad. You're never going to get my business. Looking at you, Ellery's Pub, down in uh, Middlesex County. I know you have issues. Not cool. Deal with it. When we come back after a short break, Ann Riley, 
the executive director from the New York City Brewers Guild, will join me on the program to talk all about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on a bunch of different social media sites. Of course, Twitter or X as they call it now, at Algatulo. Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, iTunes, uh, I know there's no Google Podcasts anymore. We're on a bunch of different places, Odyssey, iHeart. Uh, as well as the Hopped Up Network. If you head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com, you can check out my podcast or a plethora of other beer-related podcasts that you can download and listen to whenever you want. Well, the return of February and the return of New York City Beer Week. That's right. It's back. It's a couple of weeks away. My next guest on the program here to talk all about it, the kickoff bash, one session taking place Saturday, February 24th, Industry City in Brooklyn on the north side of the campus between 33rd and 34th Street. It's a short walk from the DNR train stop. One early session. The VIP starts at 1230, goes to 530, or general admission. That starts at 130 and goes till 530. NYCbrood.com, the website for more info, as well as to purchase tickets. This is a fantastic event, and uh, all the proceeds help out the New York City Brewers, which is vitally important. Let me welcome back to the program Ann Riley, who is the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. Ann, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Al. Thanks for having me back on. You got it. I must tell you, last year's event at Industry City was fantastic. I enjoyed the amateur wrestling, the other half uh, setting up in the in the second room, the pastry town. The whole setup was wonderful with a beautiful flow to it. Are you folks keeping it the same, or are there going to be changes this year? No, there's going to be changes this year. We're going back to um, our roots, so to speak. So bringing back um, our more tra- traditional opening bash okay. where – we, you know, we as usual, we have our, you know, 40-ish New York City brewers, and then we've invited about as many guest breweries from literally all over the country, from California to this year, we have a heavy concentration of New York State breweries that are typically not available here in the city. Right. We've invited a lot of um, some locals, you know, from the local-ish area, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, New York, Philadelphia, who, again, you often can't get here in the city. Right. Oh, that's, well, that's cool. I love it because last year I thought it was great. And I have to tell you, you opened my eyes to Industry City because after we went to that event, uh, I took my wife. There was an eight, there was an 80s, like uh, some 80s thing that was going on there where it was like all these, uh, all these uh, products that were created in the 80s that failed. And we went to this little tour, and that was at Industry City. And then you walk around, and there's these beautiful shops and distilleries and, and all kinds of different things and food options. So it was just a fantastic thing. So thank you for opening my eyes to Industry City. Had no idea that that existed in uh, Brooklyn. But one of the interesting breweries that I noticed on the list that I wanted to talk about, um, or can you really call it a brewery, um, Kato Saki Works. Now, I know they were featured uh, featured a few months back on ABC News. And tell me a little bit about uh, these guys. Yes, so we now have two sake breweries here in New York City that are both members of the New York City Brewers Guild, really, really involved. Brooklyn Curra is right at Industry City, and they've recently expanded to a much bigger production space. They are literally a block within Industry City from where Opening Bash is going to be held. Cool. And Kato Sake Works, 
they've also expanded, um, and they are right next door to KCBC in Bushwick. Oh, awesome. That is great. I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I like sake. I don't like a lot of it, but I do like it, you know, from time to time. I got to be in the mood for it. So that is, uh, pretty cool. And I love it that they're, uh, part of the Brewers Guild now. And you got two. And uh, hopefully maybe, you know, a few more. There's always room for a few more. We're talking with Ann Riley, who is the, who is the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. Kickoff bash one session. It takes place the end of this month, Saturday, February 24th, Industry City in Brooklyn, north side of the campus between 33rd and 34th streets, a short walk from the DN and our train stop. There's one early session. The VIP starts at 12.30, goes to 5.30. General admission starts at 1.30 till 5.30. NYCbrew.com, the website, uh, for more info as well as to purchase tickets. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And there's a number of stories that have been in the news over the last several months, and I, I wanted to touch on a few real quick. There's a bill moving through, um, I guess, I'm not sure if it's the council or the state, uh, that would pay New York City restaurant workers Minimum wage instead of the tip credit system. Many are uh, restaurants are against this bill. Do you have any thoughts on it? Are you are you aware of this bill at all? Yes, uh, we are aware of it, and the Brewers Guild works right alongside with um, similar agencies like the New York City Hospitality Alliance, who's mm-hmm. really taken the lead on this, as right. well as the um, New York City Office of Nightlife, because as we know. The, you know, tipping is how people in this industry survive, and it's really difficult because most places need to be able to pay people a living wage in order to do away with that. So, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around it, but honestly, everyone just needs to be making a living wage in order to exist in New York City. A hundred percent. But, I mean, this would affect those, I mean, this would affect a lot of businesses, obviously, if they pass this law. Because rent is ridiculously high. We're not talking about, you know, being yep. out in the middle of Kansas. We're talking about New York City rent. And if you're now, you know, having to pay them a higher wage. And, and for those who aren't aware, they, they pay the workers a little bit lower, but their tips are supposed to match that. And if it doesn't, then the, the owner of the restaurant has to make up the difference. So it is in some ways fair uh, of how it works. And I don't understand why government needs to get involved here and mess with something that has worked for so very long, especially that we're coming out of, you know, three years of a pandemic where businesses have been shutting down left and right. Right. Honestly, in, in situations like this, I think a lot of consumer education is what's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, very often, you know, people who are not in the industry, which is most people, don't understand that something as simple as when you order a coffee and then they're confused as to why they're being asked to tip. Right. Well, Someone provided a service, you know, someone had to brew the coffee, someone had to make the coffee, somebody had to put it in your cup and hand it to you. And it's things like this that, like I said, consumer education and would love to see more of that from, you know, the city agencies who are spending the time and energy on getting messaging out that people don't understand why everything costs more. And it's because the businesses, everything for them has has costed more for going on five years now Mm -hmm. and they have been working hard to keep those costs from the consumer, but at some point, you, it needs to be passed along. Absolutely. Now, we also had some major victories in New Jersey with regards to new laws being signed by Governor Murphy. It's about time to help the, the brewers in New Jersey. For some, it was a little too late. We've seen a couple of breweries in New Jersey over the last several weeks close. Is there anything uh, in New York that you would like to see changed or improved upon to benefit uh, the brewers, help the brewers out? We are very lucky here in New York State where the state absolutely supports the craft beverage industry and regularly helps move any kind of um, barrier line 
that you know prevents that. For instance, the the farm brewery license mm-hmm. that they've um, pushed along. What what's required of that just to ensure that breweries can take advantage and can use New York State grain and New York State hops, you know, New York State ingredients. Right. Um, there were past years where it was supposed to hit ninety percent, and because just the materials aren't aren't quite there yet for everyone to be able to utilize, they have pushed that along. So we're, we are very grateful for what our state does for us, and we are super aware of what it took for everybody in New Jersey to make this happen. That was a long road, yeah. and you know we're excited for them. We actually have a number of New York City, bre- uh, sorry, New Jersey breweries participating this year too. That's right. I know Icarus and Twin Elephant are two of them uh, from New Jersey, whom I know very well. But and again, what people don't understand, hops don't doesn't grow in a vacuum. It does take time to cultivate these crops to get them to a point where you're able to use them on a regular basis. And if everybody's trying to use them, well, it takes time to replenish those things. It's almost like, you know, like a Christmas tree. It takes, uh, what is it, eight years, ten years for a Christmas tree to mature in order for them to sell it. So it does take time. We're talking with Ann Riley. She's the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. The kickoff bash taking place Saturday, February 24th, Industry City in Brooklyn, north side of the campus, between 33rd and 34th Street, a short walk from the D and our train stop. It's one session. The early uh, VIP starts at 12.30, goes to 5.30. The general admission starts at 1.30 until 5.30 p.m. NYCbrew.com is the website for more information as well as to purchase tickets here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, food options, of course, and are also available for everyone from oysters to pretzels to hot sauces and vegan options, too. There's also going to be uh, non-alcoholic options, from what I understand, for folks who aren't imbibing. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, we have Hopwater, who joined us for Blocktoberfest back in uh, September, and then uh, Brooklyn Brewery is working with Hoplark. So, yes, we will have some NA options, and just learned that we possibly have a third one coming on, too. Oh, that's that's excellent. And, um, obviously, tickets can be purchased at the door, uh, but it's advisable to go to the website and get them now uh, before they sell out. Is that correct? Yes, that and the week before the event, typically tickets increase in price, so I would definitely recommend buying them in advance. Yeah, 100%. That is that is true because you don't want to get sticker shock there. And again, the proceeds of this uh, go directly to help out the New York City Brewers. Last question from me, and of all the events that are taking place over Beer Week, which, by the way, runs through March 3rd, this is just the kickoff and then it runs through March 3rd, is there any event aside from the kickoff that you're looking forward to? There's a couple. Um, I'm always a huge fan of our closing event, which is March 3rd at Endless Life. That's Sunday. That's where we do the Rupert's Cup, and that's where some what we call smash beers are featured, which are single malt, single hop, and often state malt, state hop. And then there's um, a new podcast that's been around for a few months that is run by women of color who are based here in New York City in the brewing industry, and they are going to be doing a live podcast recording at Strong Rope on that Wednesday, February 28th. Oh, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, my guest has been Ann Riley. She's the executive director of New York City Brewers Guild. Kickoff Bash is taking place Saturday, February 24th, Industry City in Brooklyn. One session. VIP is at 1230. Uh, goes to 530. The general admission starts an hour later, and that runs till 530. com. The website for more information as well as to purchase tickets. Get them now because the prices are going to go up, and you want to come to this event. It is fantastic. It is such a great spotlight on all of the New York City breweries as well as New York State and out-of-state breweries. A fantastic event all the time. And thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciated. I will see you on the 24th.
Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for helping us out. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Who doesn't like a good mambo? Little Xavier Cougat and his orchestra from Coogee's Cocktails back in 1963. This is rum and Coca-Cola, a little mambo. I love this stuff. That's the kind of stuff. I, I'm serious. I, I would love to do a little party, a couple friends. Just put this on. This is the background music for the party. That would be really cool. Just play it in a loop. I, I would love it. I'd love to see how the night goes when you're just playing, you know, one album and you're playing it in a loop. Pretty cool. Just pretty cool. Anyway, let us move on. Suds and Duds, as always, one of my favorite segments of the show, because, of course, it's the final segment of the show. The show is about to end. And so we dive into beers that I've had over the past several weeks, and I let you know if I like them, and it's a Suds or a Duds. Now, this is from back in mid-January. Again, I'm so far ahead with stuff. I had a week of, you know, a, a best-of show, and then sort of, you know, trying to get ahead, and I was consuming, I shouldn't say consuming a lot of beers, but tasting and trying a lot of different things. But anyway, uh, I got a Troon, um, I got in on a Troon um, Instagram post, I got the beer, went down on a Saturday, took a buddy of mine with me, and um, his first time at Brick Farm Tavern. So it was an experience for him, which is great. So we picked up the beer, we went into the tavern to have a taste, we were able to get seats at the bar, and so we had lunch. One of the best... Uh, hamburgers that I've ever had, and he was raving about it. I think he was he was raving about it a few weeks later about how good it was. And by the way, Brick Farm Tavern, great place to eat too. I mean, if you can't get the Troon uh, offering, you can get Troon on tap in there, uh, and you can enjoy an unbelievable meal. It's perfect for a date night. It's definitely worth it's definitely worth the trip. Let's put it that way. It's all farm to table. Um, you can't beat it. The food is so fresh. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, so. Uh, I started off with the Rancorious Dispute, a nice acidic bite on it. Uh, and as I said on Untapped, you can follow me at Gatulo, G A T T U L L O. Love me some Troon on a Saturday. This is just it was great beer, but that acidic bite that I really, really liked. And that one had been probably been sitting in the keg for a while. So that it still had that little bit of an acidic bite was pretty good. Um, their 2024. Um, which was their uh, sort of their beer right before New Year's, which I missed out on on getting it, and I'm sort of glad that I did. There was a slightly green onion flavor to this, which I wasn't crazy about. This was just okay. This out of the the, the bunch of Troon beers that I had, this might have been my least favorite of them all. I don't know why. Um, it just that I had a taster of it, and it just wasn't crazy about it. I will tell you what I uh, uh, what I did have. I'm on a health kick which was uh, fantastic. Juicy, subtle, delicious. Out of the IPAs that I had, that's probably the one that I liked the most. That juiciness and that subtle uh, hit was fantastic. The best beer, though, that I had there at, at Brick Farm Tavern from Troon was the Toppled uh, Requery. Uh, reli- reliquary? Toppled Reliquary. 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 Yeah, it's easy for me to say. You'd think I'd be drinking. <laughs> one of the best porters that I've had. So much coffee and strong. I mean, this was a big, this is a boozer. I think this is somewhere in the 8 9% range. 
Uh, I had a pour. Uh, my buddy had a little uh, taster. We kicked the keg. Fantastic. Such a good beer. I love porters, and when a great brewery like Troon does a porter, there is no way I'm not not having it. Like, that's, you know, without a doubt. Uh, so great stuff from Troon. Uh, just enjoyed it so much. Uh, fantastic. Then I was over at Jersey Cycle, and we did the uh, interview with um, uh, with Jan um, from Jersey Cyclone, and um, they were having an event because of the uh, signing of the New Jersey Beer Bill that Governor Murphy finally signed. And so um, I started off with a Hallow Heidi, a super tasty Pilsner from them. Um, and Jersey Cyclone's a really cool little spot. If you're on 287, um, I think it's exit, I want to say it's 10, but it's I, I'm, it's the Somerset exit. If you're, if you're going to Rutgers... To go to a game, it's the it's that exit there. You get off if you're coming uh, north, or no south. If you're coming south, as soon as you get off the exit, just stay to your right. It's the first light. You make a right, and it's about less than uh, you know less than a quarter of a mile in um, on the block. It's a you'll see a little strip mall it, uh, or a um, industrial center. The other way, if you're coming north, you have to do sort of a loop around or whatever. But it is absolutely worth your time. Jersey Cyclone is a great little spot. Um, you cannot go wrong uh, over there. Uh, then I had Friction Layer. Good porter. Nice hit of coffee and cocoa. Uh, I think I had like two or three of those. Uh, excellent beer. Enjoyed that one um, immensely. That is a delicious porter. Uh, and again, you know, support your local breweries. Um, there's a story we'll, uh, that we got into earlier about bars and restaurants in New Jersey now not serving New Jersey beer. One of the dumbest moves on the planet, and I talked about it earlier. Why are you cutting your nose to spite your face? Um, you're annoyed because the breweries have a little bit more freedom. And again, they're not threatening you because they can't serve hamburgers and you know and other stuff. Could they have a food truck there? Yes, but most food trucks are limited to one food. Uh, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Anyway, um, got to see Green Day. Uh, in the middle of the month, which was really cool. A serious XM uh, concert in January. I won free tickets. And uh, my buddy and I went and had dinner. And where did we go? Well, we went to one of the oldest uh, taverns in New York City. Pete's Tavern. Established in 1864. They have a house beer called Pete's 1864 Ale. I don't... I I'm, I forgot who... I, I kind of knew who made it, and I forgot now... Um, a nice red ale, decent. Um, it's their beer, so why not try it there? I mean, that's that's kind of silly uh, that you don't try it. I only had one. Uh, I was I had to work the next day, so I didn't want to get overwhelmed, but I did want to have a beer at Pete's Tavern. It's it's such a great place. We had burgers. It was awesome. Great time. Uh, fantastic tavern. Uh, can't go wrong. Um, then my wife and I were doing some shopping, and uh, we were in the area of Cane. Uh, because there's a big Marshalls and a TJ Maxx and some other thing or whatever, Home Goods, whatever. My wife is, you know, she's all into that stuff. So, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she did her thing, and I said, look, we're five minutes from Kane. We're stopping at Kane. We go in, and I hadn't seen the new uh, taproom at Kane. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, it doesn't have that charm that the old Kane taproom did. We are sort of in the middle of the production area, and there's barrels and, you know, all kinds of things going on. But it is definitely um, worth the drive. Um Although, I have to say, the chairs are uncomfortable. And I wonder if that's by design, so you're not there that long and they want you out. I'm just saying. That's just my own personal preference. 
Um, but it's a beautiful new tap room. Definitely go check it out. We had one beer there. I had the granola brunch from 2021. Big maple cinnamon hit on this. Smooth, delicious. I love the fact that they have older beers that they put on tap there as sort of like a, I don't want to say a guest tap, but sort of like, you know, here, we have all this new stuff, but we also have some old stuff that we're uh, we're tapping, which is kind of cool. I like that. Uh, great stuff. Definitely check out Kane. Can't go wrong with Kane. You just can't. Um, Moniker Brewing. Uh, this is a, a lagered hedonism, which is a Czech dark lager. And I believe my dear friend Colleen got me this from uh, Crackwin at the Summit. A nice malt backbone. Uh, got a lot, of, a lot of coffee flavor on this. Um, really, really good. Very, very tasty. Enjoyed that one a lot. Um, then I had the uh, Polotomov by Source. Toffee and caramel, always a great thing with the, with the malt backbone on it. Delicious, smooth. When I saw this, I had to get it, uh, and I'm glad that I did. And then finally, I finished off with a uh, Baltalica from Proclamation Ale. It happened to be Baltic Porter Day that day, and I just happened to have this beer sitting in the fridge because Colleen had given it to me, which was really cool. So it just, just so happens that it was a Baltic Porter, and it was Baltic Porter Day. So, of course, I had to, I had to crack this open. Smooth, roasty, delicious. I like a lot of what Proclamation Ale does, and uh, Colleen, thank you for those beers. I do appreciate it. It's always nice when friends uh, bring you stuff back unexpectedly. And I have stuff in the fridge, you know, I'll put a, a little four-pack together or whatever and give something to Colleen and give something to her friend Kim. They have this, you know, Instagram account, uh, Crack One at the Summit. Um, and, and it's fun. They post beers and they're hiking and, you know, what beer did they take with them on a hike? And, you know, they, they enjoy it. Um, I wish I could do those kind of long-range hikings and stuff and bring my dog and whatever. I am woefully out of shape. I mean, honestly, woefully out of shape. And I need to get back to the gym and lose a few pounds because I had my visit with the doctor this week and, you know, uh, the liver doctor. And, you know, it's, you hear the same old much. You got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. I know. I know. I know what I have to do. I'll get it done. And it's and surprisingly enough, it's not from beer, which is good. It's from eating. So I kind of know what I need to do. It's It's about, you know, just cutting the calories. Eat half the meal, not the whole meal. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple but hard to do. Anyway, my thanks to everybody involved in the show. My man, Darren Yellen. My guest, Ann Riley, of course, from uh, the New York City Brewers Guild, New York City Brewed. Kick off to New York City Beer Week, Saturday, February 24th, nycbrewed.com for tickets. Be there. I will be there. If you see me, say hello. I'm happy to have a beer with you. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com